Get ready to unleash your inner fire with two badass ginger women who mean business. They're here to challenge the status quo and disrupt the traditional corporate world. Join them as they share their unfiltered thoughts and experiences on entrepreneurship, leadership, and navigating the business world as fierce redheads. From dealing with discrimination to harnessing the power of their unique personalities, they'll leave you feeling inspired and ready to conquer your own business ventures. So grab your headphones and let's ignite the world of business together. This is the Ginger Rage Podcast. Welcome back to Ginger Rage Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Sarah. And uh, today we're going to delve into this concept of emotional work, glue work, invisible work. Um, But before we do, Sarah, what about this SBB shit show? Yeah, it's a good thing I think to touch on since I think everyone's thinking about it and I don't claim to be a financial analyst or an expert in any of these things. No, no. It affects so many of us. We wanted to make sure we we definitely discussed it. Um, yeah, what a shit show, huh? What a shit show. And I know I made like I had a post on Instagram a little earlier this week where I made this like really glib comment about like this wouldn't have happened if women were in charge, which uh, after doing some research in 2008 when Lehman Brothers folded, there was this whole talk track about, well, it wouldn't have happened if it was Lehman Sisters. So inadvertently, uh, just sort of reiterating how we all felt in 2008. And I, I would also say that uh, many people felt similarly given the response on Instagram once you posted that. <laughs> <laughs> so many women were like, yeah, I was thinking that too. And yes, I've been saying this for ages. Mm-hmm. There was also, I saw a post afterwards that one of the leaders that was at the helm of Lehman Brothers is also at the helm of this. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, I think he was, it's a man. He was also at Arthur Anderson, which folded because of the whole Enron debacle. (laughs) I can't make this shit up, everyone. We we need to do another episode. It's like why men who continually fail get promoted and recognized for their work. Meanwhile, he's creating or a piece of what's creating a global economic crisis. So here we are. So thanks for that. Um, But it does, and you know, I'm not saying like it should just be all women in charge, but I mean, what a dream. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I think it emphasizes the importance of ensuring that you have balance in leadership, which we don't have currently, right? Women are grossly misunderrepresented. Um, in leadership roles. And, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, as you, as you look into it, it, it emphasizes the fact that men are more inclined to take risks than women. It's, it's true guys, look it up. Um, and this apparently only increases when men are under pressure as opposed to women who then get more risk averse under pressure. Could you imagine if we just had a nice split between men and women, perhaps we could meet somewhere in the middle of like moderate risk. Yes. Uh, that would be that would be incredible. We wouldn't be in this situation where people are concerned about their paychecks now. I mean, the people at the top, they're not the ones that are going to Mm-mm. pay for this. Uh, it's going to be all of us working at small startups, 
um, you know, just looking to build our own careers that are going to be the ones that pay the price. Yeah. I mean, and and it even impacts larger companies who have all of these small startups as clients, right? Like now the concern is, are they going to be able to pay their invoices? We don't know. That affects cash flow, right? It's this huge umbrella that this one (laughs) epic Mm-hmm. male failure <laughs> really yeah. has caused, right? Like it has Absolutely. impacted so many people's lives. And I think, you know, what we wanted to say mostly is like, we we feel your pain and, you know, we're with you as this all get unfolds. Again, I'm not, certainly not an expert in this area, but we're all sort of feeling the pressure of what this could possibly mean. Hopefully we'll know more next week, uh, but hope everyone feeling okay yeah <laughs> and if you're not managing you, your way through you can certainly reach out to sarah and i and we can talk you off her ledge or give you some humor or just be there to hear what you're going through because this whole thing is really shitty and in my uh ginger ragey opinion totally mm. fucking avoidable yes. pardon my french absolutely yeah i think we're past that at this point <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but it does um it does lead nicely into our topic today of it does. some of these some of these things that we're going to address, which I think sort of plays into the whole reason that women are underrepresented in leadership. So where should we start? I think it would be good to start with the definition. Um it falls there are so many different terms for this. That to define what we're talking about here, I think, would be a good place to kick it off. So uh, emotional labor or invisible work, emotional work or glue work, uh, all non-promotable work, all things that could make your team and do make your team better, but ultimately doesn't help with your career uh, progression. It often goes unnoted or uncelebrated. And, you know, some examples of that are organizing offsites, anything team building related, onboarding, interviewing, especially when you're not a leader on the team. So you're interviewing as a peer, uh, creating you know, reports or, or documentation on processes or workflows. Those are just some examples of that emotional work, emotional labor, invisible work. Yeah. And I mean, it tends to be the things that you do during your job that are really hard to quantify and they're very hard to measure, right? Absolutely. When you're doing technical skills, regardless of the industry that you work in, those are all very measurable things. And, you know, I think it gets to this idea of what we reward in corporate America traditionally has been the technical skills and not necessarily mm-hmm. the emotional work. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Ta- Tanya Riley, I would recommend that you check out her some of her materials. She's the one that really coined this concept of, of glue work. Um, and she has a really great talk, which in summary amounts to, you know, by and large, women tend to be the ones who do all of this glue work. And all of that glue work, as we all know, are the things that really – make a team cohesive and allow us to succeed as a unit. But because of that, um, you know, some of the more technical things that we are responsible for can either fall to the wayside or become less of a priority. And that can only end up getting compounded by the fact that it is expected of women to shoulder some of this more invisible, um, invisible work 
because quite frankly, we're better at it. Sorry, not sorry. Um, And so she has a number of recommendations, but the one that really stood out to me was this idea of, you know, stop doing it if you want to continue to advance in your career, which like I had this really, sorry, I had this like really visceral reaction to it. I was like, so basically the solution here is to just focus on the individual and individual success and F like your team and the success of your team and the company and your product. Um, And her, her logic was it will allow people who, you know, it's this concept of, you end up doing things really well because you spend time doing them. It'll give others an opportunity to improve their communication skills and pick up this work, which I think you and I both know is never going to happen. It doesn't. <laughs> it, I mean, I and like I see what she's saying and I could think it could be handled like a balance of those things. But when I heard that, I was sort of was funny as I was reading down that list, I was thinking, oh, that's that's actually my job. I yeah. was doing so <laughs> much of it. Uh, as an individual contributor that I eventually ended up in an enablement position, which covers most of those topics that I just mentioned, fall under glue work, holding Mm -hmm. the team together, uh, holding the company together. And I think, you know, to your point, women might be better at it, but I think it's because we are uh, trained from the very beginning to hold all the pieces together keep everything moving and working and play behind the scenes to make everyone else successful around you. Now I made a career out of that and it's worked pretty well because <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. And I, but again, bringing it back to dropping all of that to focus on the individual doesn't make us, I think any better than the, the men that are doing those things. So yeah. how do we reconcile that with our own personal beliefs and, and wanting to see our company and our team succeed with also, also not buying the fucking birthday cards. Right. <laughs> but when you think about like your career progression, right, mm-hmm. do you think that – and I'm in a similar boat, right? I do a lot of this glue work behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Do you think that you would ever hit that echelon, C-suite, even senior leadership VP above positions doing what you're doing? No, uh, no. I think like VP of my area potentially, you know, as my career grows. But no, does it doesn't translate to CMO, COO, CEO. You know, some of these things do, but not uh, in my experience. CEOs aren't coming from an enablement or training or onboarding background. But man, wouldn't it be amazing if they did? It, it really would be because, and I think this, I, I found another article I thought was really interesting that 90% of CEOs and CFOs think that culture is important at their organization and that it's uh, 78 said it's the top five things that make their company valuable. And 92% said improving their corporate culture would improve the value of the company. That's glue work, folks. That's glue work. That That's is the work, work that you are putting on the women on your team who are busting it to make sure that your teams are working efficiently and effectively mm-hmm. and are moderately happy with what they're doing. They feel supported, right? Yes. So that you end up having a better product. The customer ha- ends up having a better experience and you, by default, are more profitable. And that is yes. because of all of these women and sometimes men. There are men who are very oh, totally. good at doing glue work. But 
they are all focusing so hard on making sure your teams can be efficient. Because at the end of the day, right, like leadership is not about technical skills. You can be a CMO and have no idea about social media strategy, but you've hired someone who's really smart that like that's their area of expertise. And you are excellent at enabling and fostering that person to be able to do the best job that they Mm -hmm. can, to make it a safe space for them to fail, for them to learn, and for them to be better. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think we've said this in earlier episodes, but surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than yourself and have skills in other areas only makes you more successful. So you don't have to be an expert in everything, but someone who kicks ass at the glue work, now that I think makes a successful leader. Of course. I mean, CEOs don't know every area of their business. Why should they? They have to hire people who are experts in their area so they can can guide, manage, advise. And Mm -hmm. it's the CEO's job to make sure everyone is doing their job feels good, the culture is good, right? To guide the strategy that then informs what everyone below them is doing. Yeah. And happy employees and supported employees, well-trained employees make your company more more valuable. They reduce turnover, which costs a lot of money at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think because we don't put value on those tasks specifically, they fall by the wayside as admin tasks or just things that are expected to get done or not even thought about and just happening behind the scenes to make those teams successful without that you know celebration of those particular tasks. Uh, that's and the struggle. That's the struggle. And also at the end of the day, like shit's exhausting, right? <laughs> like yes. when you when you as a woman are expected to shoulder all of the emotional labor and gentlemen, this is for you out there. So please listen. What happens is she becomes emotionally invested and responsible for the success of the team, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of those frustrations and challenges that the team feels aren't necessarily within her control. And she can't necessarily change them or make situations better because it's, you know, up to decisions that are above her, above her position. Um, And what ends up happening is you end up with women who feel like they aren't accomplishing anything because you can't, like you you just inherently can't win at emotional work right like you need right. to have some of the technical skills like yep i put together a powerpoint presentation today and i did a sales pitch and i have a sales target that i need to hit and it's right. a very concrete thing but with emotional work it's not and so i think what you find is that women get shoved into this little corner of just dealing with the emotional work or the glue work or whatever it is of the team, right? Becoming the team therapist or your favorite word, right? Like team mom. Um, God, yeah. Or even like the mama bear of the team, right? Which admittedly, I will call myself because if you come at my team, God help you, (laughs) right? But that's a different, I think that in that feels empowering because you're protecting their time, their sanity, their work. But only if it's only if it's something that's like a self-dubbed right. title, right? Like Absolutely. when it's your boss calling you the mama bear of your team. Like, oh yeah, oh, no, go bro. to Sarah, go like, to Courtney because yeah. they'll do that for you. They'll review your deck. They'll give you feedback. Oh, you need another interviewer for your uh, 
for your team? Oh yeah, Sarah will do that. Or I mean, I really, if I had a nickel for every time someone asked me to plan a team offsite, oh, yeah. I'd have like 13 nickels. It's just too many. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sometimes so I want to plan them just so I'm with like, it's within my control and I know that it will actually but I'm be not successful. Going to and also golf. I might have an exit strategy, uh, but we're not going to top golf. I'm not going we're to top not golf. going golfing. Um, I will, however, throw axes with you any, without question. any day of the week, but any day, if you yeah. want to throw axes with me and Sarah, pop it in the comments. We'll oh meet gosh. you there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also tell us your, I would love to hear sometime that you were forced to plan a team build, building event and it went sideways. Let's bring some joy into each other's lives. Let's mm, let us know. I would love that. I want to hear Please these stories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the amount of times that I've been on a leadership call where I am a leader and they're like, oh, it would be so nice to get us all together. Sarah. Sarah. Why don't you plan that? There's no difference. We're all peers on this call. Why am I singled out? We should also say I'm usually the only woman on the team. Mm, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wait. That's it. We, we found that's it. it. That's it. That, that's the common denominator. <laughs> that's the common denominator. And yeah, to a certain extent, I well, obviously, I enjoy glue tasks. I've mm-hmm. made a career of doing glue tasks because I enjoy them. I love onboarding. I love seeing people be successful, but we have to do a better job. And this actually goes for even as someone who's made a career out of it, of recognizing those people for what they do. That's not always, as you were saying earlier, measurable in a dashboard. No, but like it's so important because everything else that is measurable in a dashboard is only possible because you have people behind the scenes doing this daggum glue work. Because if you didn't have it, it would just be every man for themselves. Everyone would just be focusing on like quantifiable tasks, not working as a cohesive unit, Mm -hmm. not working towards common goals, and everything would run amok. And you would be, and they would be miserable because they wouldn't be getting miserable. you know, that culture of the company would go straight down the toilet. Well, and I mean, I think that you know, culture is kind of like DE&I, right, with corporate America, especially in tech, right? Yes. Like, oh, we have the best culture. We're a family. And you're just like, oh, God. It's okay. nice to say <laughs> in your interview process, but it's really hard to do. And the people that say that they do have an amazing culture often do not. Of course, this is anecdotal, but man, if any of you well, work I mean, for a startup, yes. I think it's also a little generational too. Like clearly you've never watched any real or TikTok video about the red flag that is we're a family. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like if you want to know what millennial and Gen Z think about that phrase, like guys, you're, you're going to have to like be a li- little bit more in touch with the people yes. that work for you. I would say in my like early 20s, I really felt that way. I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a family culture. We're all out here supporting themselves. It only took uh, getting laid off once to be like, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. It's a business. That's right. Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> what, what, I, what I like to describe tech culture as, it's like they're like, yeah, we have free snacks and beer on Fridays and, you know, all of these – we have bagels and all of these things, unlimited PTO, but in exchange, we want your soul. Like <laughs> – and like that's what happens, right? Like that that it's culture so is true. just – the culture is just there to keep your ass in your seat. I mean, for we're probably – exorbitant numbers of hours. Oh, definitely. And I, 
I, this might be going down to like a, a whole other path, but I once interviewed at a company and one of the interview questions or not even questions, comments that one of the interviewers made, they were male, uh, was Shocking. like, well, you know, this isn't a nine to five. This is a time commitment. You know, we have kegs in the office. Oh, I remember that was this my, interview. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It, very quickly, I realized that their culture was that if I wasn't there having beers at the end of the night with the rest of the sales reps, I wasn't working hard. How is that even remotely a thing? <laughs> it's honestly, so, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's and kind like, of a slightly different subject, but that that is not how you hire a diverse people no, to your team. No, no you know? that's how you end up with a very homogenous group of people. And that's yes. how you end up with shit shows like SVB, right? <laughs> exactly. Like it's just the same crew in an echo chamber. Like, yeah, Chris, that's a great idea. Yeah, Chad, that's an awesome idea. And you've got this circle jerk yeah, that, that just absolutely. like happens and then shit hits the fan and mm-hmm. you're no longer a business. Well yep. done. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's funny. So next time you're in an interview and someone's like, we're like family, I want you to be like, cool. So who's the creepy uncle and who's the racist grandpa? Because like families run. are so dysfunctional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, run, but like have fun with it first. <laughs> exactly. And um, I think, you know, getting back to invisible lab- labor, the biggest thing that I see is that it's completely unrecognized labor and that yeah. you're not getting credit for it. So you're not then, you know, moving up, advancing your career. Yeah. And well, that was that whole point um, that T- Tanya Riley was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That, this whole like then focus on the quantifiable tasks. And like, I think that really highlights the problem, which is, our company's competency frameworks, like the the very things that dictate success and how we continue to grow in our career is almost entirely focused on quantifiable tasks and not the glue work, which yep. again, the glue work is what makes a really good leader. Like I don't care how much you can code in a day, but like at the end of the day, can you inspire your team? Can you make them feel like they have a solid sense of self-worth? Like that's yeah. the more important component for me. And so I think what what we've seen is you end up with a leadership team who is exceptional technically, but they've now failed upwards, right? Peter Principle, they have reached their level of incompetence because being a leader has nothing to do with technical skills. And that's why we all look at our leadership and we think, what the hell is wrong with you? Do you think about anything that you do or say before acting? Real question. (laughs) I think the answer to that is no. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do think that's really interesting when you – as a woman are taking on, you know, keeping the team together, reviewing decks, reviewing work, um, supporting your your colleagues, uh, making sure things are project managed appropriately. And then when review time comes around and Tanya speaks to this, they're like, oh, well, you haven't. Uh, like how much have you completed? What projects were you running? What projects did you complete? And this goes, you know, across industries. Uh, obviously, our we specialize in tech, but I think across industries, 
seeing that quantifiable behavior is what people are going to, uh, what your manager is going to look at to bring you up to that next level. And I think, you know, Courtney, we had talked about before, um, that the leadership falls off. Women in leadership fall off at a certain mm-hmm. level. And, you know, it speaks to like, okay, well, are either you or I going to be VPs or C-level executives? And why isn't that valued? And right. why are CEOs saying that they, 90% of them value um, culture, but then aren't going to put their money where their mouth is? You know, I really should have that. I really should have also looked up a stat. Like, there's some stat that's floating around there about like how many CEOs are sociopaths. (laughs) There is a stat. (laughs) There is a stat, and Sarah, maybe you can find it. it But you know, like that's a really clear example of people who have been rewarded for technical skills or hitting sales targets or whatever the case may be, right? But not necessarily being really good people leaders and. That's a systemic issue in corporate America that really needs to change if we're ever going to balance out the equality here. Because sure, we can stop doing the glue work. It will drive us insane. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who are men in leadership, what you need to understand is women aren't doing that glue work because like it it spurs us on professionally at an individual level. If anything, it ends up hurting us, right? Like when I say mama bear, like don't come at my team. If someone above me is coming at my team, you bet your butt I'm going to be like putting my neck out and standing in front of them and probably getting into some sort of altercation with someone (laughs) above me, which is not really like the best thing for career growth. However, for my team, it makes their lives a hell of a lot easier. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing for me. And we are not good at compartmentalizing. In fact, I think women are garbage at compartmentalizing. Men are so good at it. So gentlemen, like, no, when our team goes through something or expresses, you know, frustration or distress or whatever, like that, it touches every aspect of our lives. Like we, we're thinking about it at dinner. We're thinking about it when we're bathing our kids. We're thinking mm-hmm. about it at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> right? And if we can't fix it, then that creates this like really – tense environment Mm -hmm. for us to exist, which is why then I think you're starting to see a lot of female executives just peace out. Like they're like, we're done here. Uh, The the stat is roughly 4% to as high as 12% of CEOs exhibit psychopathic traits, (laughs) Uh, which is 1% in the general population. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah, and that, that's it still feels to, low. It still it feels too low, but that is actually like a huge percentage. <laughs> it's a huge, yeah, it really is. Uh, and that's according to a Forbes article I, I found. So, uh, yeah, it is very interesting <laughs> that um, being able to compartmentalize is a big piece of it, uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, gents, you're just like you leave work, like your brain turns off. You're able to go and do other things and think about other things. And meanwhile, the women on the team are beating themselves up over something that they inherently can't fix. Yeah. Um, and because keeping they, it all together. And Be- keeping it all together. Oh, and then like going home and dealing with all of the the invisible labor for their families as well, right? Yeah. And that's something, you know, needs probably its own episode entirely. But mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and I there was a point I we talked about earlier that I wanted to touch on was that 
men in the workforce expect a more emotional labor at home. And then they expect that to carry over into their work life as well. Oh, someone yeah. else is going to take care of that. Someone else will deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I wish I had an actual stat for this, but when you talk about like men in history, like you talk about like, like I think there was a quote around Thoreau who wrote all of these, you know, so much, but uh, secluded himself in a cabin, but someone did, a woman did all of his laundry, all of his cooking, <laughs> All of his, like, he didn't have to think, he didn't have to take brain power to deal with all of that extra stuff that happens in a day. And I think there are actually a lot of um, really, really famous uh, and great thinkers of, from the past, you know, historical figures and of today, where you'll find that they don't have to worry about that shit. No. Because someone else, a wife, a, you know, other caregiver, a woman, most likely, is dealing with all of that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you see it and you see that creep into the corporate space, right? Like, Sarah, how many times have you been asked like, oh, Sarah, you know, I've got to send an email to the team. Can you draft that for me? Because you're you're better with words. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. Can you can you write the communication and then all of the questions also fall back on you? Because you communicated it and they're off doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you can't do any of the technical tasks that you have to do because you're too busy now dealing with all of these things that they have inadvertently dropped into your lap and they don't even realize uh, that actually, you are your yes. time is so like consumed with it. It's really interesting. I'm trying. I'm just. I'm literally texting my husband because he was reading a book last weekend. And was talking about it, and I can't remember the guy's name, but the story was he basically would say no to educational uh, studies, and this was positioned as a good thing, by the way, in the book. Um, he said no to helping, you know, students and other because he needed time to think. And I'm not saying that his contributions were not valuable. I believe he's a physicist of some kind, but that's I have to wait for a name, but. Um, he wouldn't ever do the glue work, right? He was too important and too busy thinking about those important uh, thoughts. Oh, Richard uh, Feynman. I'm probably saying (laughs) that totally fucking wrong. Uh, We'll look it up. We'll We'll look look it up up. and link it. Yes, we'll link it. Anyway, it it was positioned as this incredible thing that he really focused on the thinking. But I couldn't help but wonder, like, what if he had inspired a student or had, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I get it. He had to do his job, but also, what the fuck, man? Yeah, well, not I mean, but also, back. yeah, but also, like, how self-involved do you have to be to think that your thoughts are the only ones that matter or are the best thoughts, right? Like, what if you had gotten the best and brightest from your student body and had like a session to collaborate on some of these things. Like what, what, how, how, how much greater could he have been? Yeah. He was a theoretical physicist. That's what he was. And, and he did incredible okay, things, not discounting that he had a great impact on um, many incredible things. You can Google it later, but uh, you know, what's interesting is he's also super famous, but his sister was also like an incredible thought leader you don't hear about her. 
Uh, but I think that it goes back to like kind of that old saying behind every great man, there is a woman. There's a fucking reason for that. They did all <laughs> the glute work. They did all of it. They enabled they these enabled, men yeah. to allow them to be great at the at the cost of their own success. And Absolutely. in some cases, personal happiness. Yes. I think yeah, in a lot of cases, <laughs> probably. I just think that's fascinating. I oh I mean, I think a lot of us have always hated that that saying. I think it's you're absolutely bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really speaks to how we hold things together as women. And that translates to from our personal lives to our workplace lives. And men have been conditioned to think that those things are just getting taken care of. Like magic. It's yeah. like it's like the fairy comes in in the middle of the night and poof. But yeah. the thing that I think would end up happening if you were to just stop doing the glue work, right? Like shit would fall apart at the seams and then they would blame you for the shit falling apart at the seams because it has yes. become you have become it has become expected that you are a person who does glue work even though they don't know what that is. Right. They don't know how it's contributing to the team because God forbid they take the time to understand or <gasps> even do it themselves to see how not easy it is. Yeah, and I think in in another article we were looking at when you're we researching kind of uh, some stats for this episode was that uh Oh, we're going to have to cut this out. I completely lost what I was going to fucking say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not cutting it out. I'm going to leave it because you know what? Put it as a That's how our brains work occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) I just had it on the tip of my tongue and I was like, hmm, I don't remember. Anyway, continuing on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean. Where is that? Okay. We'll come back. We'll come back to the stat of whatever just happened in Sarah's brain. She just had a short circuit. We're rebooting. We're restarting her machine. It's it's too much fucking glue work. I can't. I have too many things. Um, Yeah. Well, it lost it. Doesn't matter. Well, we'll we'll come back to it when when you think about it. Just just stop whatever we're doing. I'm sure our lovely listeners will be able to follow because they're amazing and know how our (laughs) brains work. Um, It is a horrifying place up there. But I mean, I think that I, and I, I don't know what the answer is here, right? Because I think in a lot of cases, we have a lot of leaders in a lot of organizations. Yes, Sarah, she has remembered. (laughs) (laughs) It was that, um, in groups where there were men and women asked to volunteer for a glue work type task, men would defer to the women immediately. Of course. And, but if women did not volunteer begrudgingly and eventually, the men would volunteer for it. And I think, and maybe I'm reading into this, they see the importance of it. They just don't want to take the time to do it. No, because like I said, it's exhausting. It is right. Exhausting. Like when you have to, you know, shoulder the burden of other people, like that weighs on you. And it's it's a very hard thing to have to continue to deal with. But also I think there is this assumption that, oh, well, women are better at it. Like you're they're really, you're just oh, Courtney, you're just better at this I stuff think, than I, I am. I think that guy and we should do another episode on this, but weaponized incompetence is oh, God. Is. And or even just like intentional helplessness. Yeah, well that's exactly what same I mean. thing. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Just um, well if I if I say she's better at it, she'll just do it. And then it's off my plate. 
Mm. But I mean, I am better at it. But the reason I'm better at it is because I spend more time doing it and I have honed the skill to be able to be better at it. Absolutely. It's like if you're a pro snowboarder, like you're going to be better than me. But like give me some time and a lot of broken bones and like let's see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think – I don't know what the solution is necessarily to this, but I wonder if we – as women were to push back and maybe divide and conquer. Because like you say, I don't I don't want to give up. Well, certainly in my role, all of my stuff is glue, glue work. But I don't want to give up that. I do want to see the su- success of my team. I want to see the success of the company. But maybe the pushback is, I'll handle this, but you handle that. Because the, yeah. those do have to happen. The glue work tasks have to happen. But it needs to be an equal distribution. And how do we make that happen? I mean, again... It falls to us, which sucks, but push back. Yeah, I'm happy to help plan this offsite, but Chad, can you take on uh, finding a location? Yeah. Great. Thank you. And then Sarah will find the location when Chad inevitably fails to do it because he doesn't think it's a priority. And then you'll hear all sorts of excuses about, I'm so busy. I'm just so busy. (laughs) But I guess you end up having to project management. But I think the more you push back, the more it maybe becomes less of a assumed task. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, you know, again, it sucks that we kind of need to be the the makers of our own destiny here. But when you're having conversations about goal setting, for example, you know, for the upcoming year, ensure that some of those intangibles, some of that glue work is included in there, even though it's hard to measure. I mean, I think actually it's not that hard to measure. That's an excuse. Male leaders, that is an, an effing excuse. Do some upwards feedback and see how important and how quantifiable that glue work is. And you'll be able to tell based on the team's thoughts, opinions, and feelings of that leader. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think, you know, goals do have to be metrics based, but I think they can be both. I think think they can can say, uh, you know, I'm in, I need to, uh, I'll grab one of mine. I, I need to increase win rates, but I also have tasks to, help, you know, my team grow their career path and sit mm-hmm. with them for an hour a week to discuss that. And, and you know, that's just one like small example, but I think it can be project-based and uh, be, you know, stats-based or yeah. you know, and I, dashboards I do think, don't have to I show. I do think they, but they need to be weighted equally, right? Yeah, it can't agreed. just be like eight technical tasks and one like glue work task, right? Like, if you are responsible for coaching and mentoring people on your team, mm-hmm. there need to be several tasks that that are equally as important as those technical tasks yep. um, so that you can continue to grow and be recognized. Or even alternatively, right, if you have competency frameworks, have two different types of of mm-hmm. metrics, right? Like if you've got people in ro- who are in roles that are people roles that are glue work roles, they have one set of metrics. And if you have people who are not, then you have another set of metrics. And maybe their growth within an organization looks different, right? Yep. People who are super technical are not necessarily people leaders. And mm-hmm. that's okay. There's still room for them to grow. Don't then 
just promote them into people leadership roles and then watch your team just not respect yeah. them, not listen to them, make fun of them behind their backs <laughs> and just roll their eyes, right? Yeah, and that's what we end up hearing about. Yeah. And then I we're like trying that. to coach upwards, right? Like, yeah. hey, the the way that you wrote that email that really upset this person, like, do you think maybe you could have thought about X, Y, and Z or phrased it in X <laughs> in X way? Like, yeah, on, I think that goes to you know something that like, this is just anecdotal little funny story. It's like whenever I say to one of my team members, "Hey, can we talk really quick?" I always say, nothing bad, just wanted to review X, Y, Z, you know, or hey, I just wanted to ask you about this and that's what I want to talk about. Like, it's no big deal because if you're like me and your boss messaged you, hey, can we talk? I am going to have an anxiety attack for the next however many minutes it takes you to We are going to melt down. (laughs) We're losing our jobs. Like, we're going to lose our home and our family. We're going to be in the gutter. Yep. And I always like to say that. Hey. (laughs) You have time for a quick call? I just wanted to review that document you sent me. I have some feedback about, you know, how you phrased, you know, this paragraph. Like, I, it just takes me three seconds just to say this is why instead of, hey, can we talk? But that's that's a great example of the, <laughs> yes. like, you are a good people leader. You are good at those quote, unquote, soft skills. And that is what should end up being elevated into mm-hmm. leadership because at the end of the day, leadership is nothing about, it's not technical. Yeah. It's all about how you inspire your team to be better. I do love the idea of the two separate sets of competencies. Yeah. I, I think, you know, having one that's around your technical skills because, you know, chances are if you're a leader in this area or want to be a leader in the area, you have some of those skills and you'd like to mm-hmm. grow grow and, and cultivate those. But having a separate uh, set for those soft skills and those glue that glue work I think is really important and I think it's going to take people pushing back and from the top down to say, this is important for the success of the company and this is how we're going to measure that. If you actually do give a shit about Mm -hmm. culture like you claim to to do, you need to put glue work into your competency frameworks. It needs to be something that is measured. And again, if you're wondering, how do I measure this? This is not quantifiable based on numbers. (laughs) Upwards feedback. Do upwards feedback of the entire team below that person and see how they feel about that person. If the vibe is like, we love this person. We think she does an incredible job. We wish other leaders could learn from her. Then you know everything that she's doing from a glue work perspective is actually helping the team. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I see which really frustrates me is, you know, there's this reliance on women to do do to the glue work. And this this does speak back to the whole like be nice but not too nice that we talked about in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um but then when women do glue work or when anyone does glue work, that person becomes the de facto quote unquote leader. Mm-hmm. And their leadership might not necessarily like that. Or they might feel threatened by that. And then they start to weaponize the very thing that they have asked that person to do, right? So now she talks to a lot of people on the team, coaches them, guides them. And now now she's clicky, right? Now, 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 now you're taking the thing that you have empowered this person to do to benefit your team and turning it into something against her, which is... Really shitty. And I Guys, think Tanya do actually discusses that too. And I think it's like, well, what have you done this week? 
Mm. What projects mm-hmm. have you worked? I think it ties right back into that. Oh yeah. Well, we couldn't really measure. I guess you can't be promoted even though you're doing what's been asked. Right. And that's absolutely ridiculous. And that needs yep. to change. And for those of you who have ever thought of a woman as being clicky or any of those like very gendered terms, mm-hmm. I want you to stop the next time you think about it and really go through some of the criteria in your brain as to why you think that. Uh, I've even because- had to do that work myself because it's so drilled into us that, oh, she's being really abrasive. Whoa, hold on. And it's take I from, you mm-hmm. know, back when I started in summer in my 20s to think, okay, hold on. Would I say that if she was a male leader or a man on the team? Mm-hmm. No. And now unlearning a lot of that because that's it's corporate culture. I it's think, corporate culture. And it's all but it also comes down to like this this bigger issue of, you know, pitting women against each other, which yes is very much a male thing that they like to do to us. Because Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, you know, women individually are not as strong as women together. Right? Absolutely. It's that whole like divide and conquer concept. Women supporting women. It's a dangerous thought. (laughs) What if, what if we were all to revolt? What would happen? I mean, wasn't it Iceland? They all did revolt. Yeah. All the women just stopped. What was they it, like stopped the po- doing gr- uh, glue tasks or glue work, and uh, I don't know the whole thing fell apart. Shocking, yeah. wild. And then I bet every, I bet all the men left were like, "What happened? Wait we don't second. understand." Um, I have to file. I'll have to. I'm gonna put. I'll, we'll link that article too because I think it's really interesting. <laughs> uh, and actually. Iceland. Now, I just Googled it to see if I could find that exact story. Oh, the day Iceland. Here it is. The day Icelandic women went on strike. And yeah, they literally just stopped doing domestic tasks. And now they have a day, a domestic day to celebrate and honor women. But I'll have to put a little story about it in our Instagram stories because it's really interesting. They both, they're all like, we are not, uh, getting celebrated for all of this shit that we're doing at home and we're we're just not doing it anymore and yeah well um, I mean, everything and then, fell down around them <laughs> and i do i do think you're right i think this needs to be a totally separate episode episode but like when you think about the number of tasks and the weight of the work that they do at home mm-hmm. and then also come to work and do the same shit at work right? In addition to their actual job, now you've got women who are working twice as hard as men, unnecessarily so. And then you wonder why they burn out and leave. Oh, they'll, the, the excuse that they'll use is, well, like they have families and they're going to go focus on their family. Like bullshit. The fast paced work (laughs) environment. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a nice excuse, excuse that you you can use, but that's certainly not the case, right? Like they just get to a point of being fed up. But if women continue to get fed up in leadership and leave, then you have even more of this like male echo chamber circle jerk that is completely unproductive and not supportive for the people who work for them. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Well, 
I mean, there are so many topics that are offshoots of this that so many topics. If we started them, we would be here (laughs) for three hours. And while Um, I hope you like this, uh, I don't know. You probably maybe you do want more more time if you if you want us to yeah if you want us to do some more episodes on this like let us know. Um, We also want to hear your stories. We heard a lot of comments about this. It was really like we decided to just not choose (laughs) one question because we feel like we got so many of a very similar (laughs) type of question. And I think that this is the perfect kind of emotional labor glue work or invisible work 101. It's like our intro episode. And believe me, we have so much more to dive in on these topics uh, in the coming weeks. And uh, hopefully we'll be hearing from a special guest in the next uh, handful of weeks around some of the topics that we touched on here. We'll be able to dive in further. But again, everyone, like write in. Yes. Give us your stories. We want to hear your stories. You can find us on Instagram at Ginger Raid Rage Podcast, uh, and all the socials, with the exception of Twitter, which is Ginger Rage Pod. That's right. Uh, tweet us, DM us, put things in the comments, send us an email, gingerragepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, we would love to feature stories, but also if you have women owned businesses that you yes. would like featured, please let us know because that is something that we really want to do. Call attention to the amazing women out there who are just crushing it. Yes. And we in our link tree on Instagram, there is a form you can fill out. You can write your story. You could, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, or if you just want to send in some kick-ass women that we should talk to, uh, please go ahead and fill that out. It doesn't have to be super lengthy. Just throw it there or, you know, like, Courtney said, DM us. So we're very excited to hear from you. And this podcast will only be better with your input. That's right. And uh, I don't know about you, Sarah, but I'm tired from all this emotional, invisible work. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) I think we should take the afternoon off just to relax and really- We should treat ourselves. Treat yourself. Yeah. A book, a nice cup of tea. I love it. Just some silence. (sighs) Staring at the wall in silence. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I want to remind people to do is rate- review and subscribe. I know that yes, if you're listening to podcasts, it like really does a lot for us to get on some main pages. We're brand new. So the more that you rate us uh, five stars, preferably, uh, the better. So thank you so much for your help in supporting us. And gentlemen, next time you ask your lady friend or your spouse or a woman at work to do something that you can do yourself, write an email, take notes in a meeting, plan a corporate event. I want you to just pause and think twice and maybe just do it yourself for a change. I love that. Mm. You'll just be, you'll just be a better person for it. Truly. And we'll appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, we will appreciate (laughs) you. Maybe we'll stop making fun of you behind your back. I don't know. Probably not. Not yet. We have a lot of work to do. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You you got a pretty big hole to dig yourselves out of, so Absolutely. better get cracking. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ginger Rage podcast. Podcast? Sure. It's a podcast. Take a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Ginger Rage podcast. Uh, We really appreciate your support. And again, keep those experiences coming. Like, subscribe, rate us, 
Yeah. Do all the things. And uh, we'll see you next week. Like what you hear? Be sure to follow along for more Ginger Age. We'll catch you in the next episode.